back to another episode of the Connected Aviation Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Woodrow Bellamy III. On this episode, we'll be talking to the new Regional Director of U.S. Operations for Ethiopian Airlines. But first, I just want to let our listeners know that our annual Connected Aviation Intelligence Summit is making its return to a live in-person format this year, June 1st through the 3rd, at the Hyatt Regency Reston, located near Washington Dulles International Airport. Airlines are free to attend. We've just posted some agenda updates and keynote speakers to gcasummit.com, where you can register for the event. So go to www.gcasummit.com, where you can view some agenda updates and register for our Connected Aviation Intelligence Summit. So I recently had the chance to catch up with Samson Ariga, who is the new Regional Director for U.S. Operations of Ethiopian Airlines. He provided some perspective on several aspects of the airline's operations, including how they are expanding their car- cargo operations, how they never fired any employees throughout the entirety of the pandemic, and his thoughts on how passenger demand for Ethiopian Airlines is recovering. So let's get into our discussion with Samson Riga, the new USA Regional Director of Ethiopian Airlines. First, for those in our audience who are unaware, Samson, can you give us just an introduction to your name, job title, background, and current role with Ethiopian Airlines? And what are some of your day-to-day responsibilities there in the uh, role right now? Thank you so much. I appreciate for inviting me to, to this podcast. My name is Samson Aragabhele. I am the regional director of Ethiopian Airlines here in the United States. So I began my career at Ethiopian Airlines as part of a commercial program for young professionals. After graduating with a BA honors degree, so I was uh, at top of my class, the top of my class, majoring in international trade and investment management in Ethiopia. Then after that, I also pursued a master's degree at the University of Mississippi in the U.S. I also attended the Ethiopian Airlines Aviation Academy to get introduced to the airline industry. So my first role was as assistant marketing officer in the pricing and revenue management section of the uh, commercial division. So I researched competitor positions, performance, pricing other market analytics. Uh, so after a year in that role, I was transferred to the uh, Disaba uh, Hub Sales and Marketing Directorate. There, uh, I actually acquired vital skills, which uh, propelled me to the industry further. So the uh, ability to employ uh, some marketing intelligence tools to create forecast was one of the many skills uh, that I gained in my uh, formative industry years. So, I mean, you know, it has been uh, an honor to represent a brand that is one of the best in the world, uh, by the way, not just only in Africa. So uh, after serving in, in, in that role, uh, in, in different capacities in that section, uh, then I was posted to lead the airline operation in Kuwait as area manager, Ethiopian Airlines in Kuwait. So in the Middle East, I was based in Kuwait City. Uh, my team and I uh, promoted Ethiopian Airlines. We maintained daily flight connections between Kuwait and the rest of Africa via our hub in Addis Ababa. And I also introduced dedicated 
weekly cargo uh, uh, freighter flights uh, from Kuwait to Ethiopia that connects uh, with the rest of uh, Africa. And that actually, that cargo flight has increased to twice a week. Then in 2019, I was appointed as the new country manager for Canada. Canada is, you know, our uh, one of our strategic markets in North America. So right before assuming my new role here in the U.S. as a regional director, uh, I had served Canada for close to three years as its country manager. So to, to tell you uh, some of my day-to-day uh, activities or routine, I, I, I uh, initiate sales strategies and direct the establishment of sales plans, uh, for the entire USA, and you know, I ensure its implementation. I also direct the continuous monitoring of existing and potential passenger market, and I recommend you know actions uh, regarding expansion or reduction of existing services or opening of uh, new routes uh, and locations, additional services, cities uh, to fly to. I periodically evaluate the, effective, the effectiveness of our sales strategies and plan, recommend, and change for any improvement as appropriate. Uh, I mean, all those managerial uh, issues, you know, the, to planning, organizing, you know, processing based sales tools, employing all those marketing intelligence tools, and overseeing the uh, operation at various airports that we do fly to as well. So, uh, not in short, but in short, you know, this is these are my day-to-day activities. Uh, apart from you know addressing you know client or passenger or customers requests, uh, so I, I oversee the entire operation in in the United States. And it's always interesting to learn from the different roles within an airline and just really the aviation industry in general. Obviously, we as passengers, we kind of see the pilots, maintenance technicians here and there, maybe the customer service representatives, but it's always interesting to learn from what's actually happening behind the scenes to enable those passenger and flight operations on a day-to-day basis. So thanks for that. I do have to ask, we did, we do understand that you were recently serving as the manager of Ethiopian Airlines regional office in Canada, and you've now been promoted to the regional director of the Ethiopian office in Washington, D.C., overseeing the U.S. operations. It was interesting in the announcement of your new role, it was mentioned that in Canada, the airline was able to see a lot of growth, especially in the leisure and business sector. And I wanted to get some thoughts from you on that. And how was Ethiopian Airlines able to achieve that type of growth in Canada and specifically, what were some of the factors that drove some of that growth within leisure and business travel? Okay, thank you. So Canada is a growing market uh, where we increased our direct flights from Toronto to Addis Ababa from three to five times. So I connected with industry leaders and stakeholders ranging from you know, leisure to corporate as well as cargo relationships across uh, the country in Canada. Uh, the brand awareness of Ethiopian Airlines continues uh, to, to increase exponentially uh, in Canada. And it has been an exciting experience for me, actually, as, uh, as, uh, as the Zen country manager, despite all the challenges uh, posed by COVID uh, to the industry, because I took over in 2019 around September, so in about a couple of months, you know, COVID, COVID came. 
So, and Ethiopian uh, is actually the sole airline that connects Canada directly to the African continent. And onward, obviously, to over 120 destinations, uh, you know, from the, from the African Union's capital, Addis Ababa. So our cargo capacity drives Africa's trade development. Uh, so uh, significant is our success that during COVID, by the way, uh, the cargo revenue ensures uh, we maintain profitable uh, operationally. We did not lay off a single full-time employee and never sought a bailout money, by the way. So Africa, by the way, uh, currently Africa can be the world's leading uh, free trade zone with a potential uh, market capability of billion people and the combined GDP of 2.5 trillion uh, by 2030. So we, you know, as, as one of the successful airlines in, in, in Africa, uh, proves the ability to keep up with Africa's potential and serves actually uh, as a catalyst for development and obviously a business connection between Canada and then the African continent. So before COVID, Africa saw a rise in tourism around 7%. So that makes it the second fastest growing market in terms of tourism potential. Uh, so when with more routes, Ethiopian Airlines, and with more routes and destinations, we were unlocking uh, the resurgence of the African tourism sector. And we were very aggressive in, in positioning our brand as one of the uh, successful brand and one of the convenient uh, airline, you know, to fly from Canada to 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 Africa, a direct flight, obviously. Uh, so, and we know that you know when when it comes to business travel, we know that you know time is money, and that matters to business people. So, as the only airline that flies direct from Canada to Africa, uh, so we were able to take people from Canada in the morning. There were uh, the flights are morning departures, and by next morning you are in Africa. Uh, you are in Addis Ababa and you are able to connect to almost virtually anywhere in Africa by lunchtime. So you can have your uh, breakfast in, in Toronto and second breakfast in, in, in Addis, the second day, then uh, lunch anywhere in Africa, be it Cape Town or, or uh, West Africa, East Africa, Central Africa. We have one of the most dense network in Africa. Uh, so, I mean, uh, apart from that, actually, the uh, ultra-modern aircraft that, that we do fly or that we do have in our fleet uh, population, including, you know, the 787 Dreamliner, the Airbus A350, they are equipped with Wi-Fi uh, services as well as, uh, as well as some additional services and new cabin pressure. It's excellent, you know. You feel that, you know, you, you never took a 12-hour flight. So that means, you know, passengers can be online uh, within the air. So we have also business class lounges anywhere we go. That will also, you know, add value to, to our offerings to the business uh, and, you know, leisure uh, market uh, segment. So apart from positioning Ethiopian Airlines as the only and best airline that can connect uh, North America to Africa, for any type of travel, be it leisure or, or business, as you have mentioned, uh, and promoting African attractions to Canadians, that's, you know, those are the, the, the core and the solid factors that helped us to achieve, you know, magnificent uh, achievements or 
good achievements in, in Canada. I also had the opportunity to work closely with several uh, Canadian government officials, including the Prime Minister Office, uh, the Zen Foreign Minister, Minister uh, Philippe Champagne, and Minister of Small Business Export Promotion and International Trade, Minister Marion, and others that also, you know, facilitate and help us uh, to position our brand in, 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 in the face of uh, Canada. So it still fuels our determination and commitment to customers and our business partners. So I like uh, to always mention uh, what uh, Nelson Mandela said. He said, it always seems impossible until it is done. So all those uh, things contributed for our uh, success in our operation. Yeah, that's interesting. You mentioned, especially, you know, the fact that you kind of took over that position right before COVID and all the COVID air travel restrictions that were set in, you know, that Nelson Mandela quote certainly applies there. I have to ask kind of a follow-up question to that. What are some of the, just focusing on Canada again, what are some of the more popular destinations, airports, and routes served by Ethiopian Airlines? I know you mentioned Toronto, but what are some of the others that are served by Ethiopian Airlines that are popular in Canada right now? So we were actually, when I took over, we were, uh, we had a plan. We had an expansion plan to uh, open a new route out of Montreal, uh, which obviously, as you can imagine, uh, I mean, frustrated or stopped because of this uh, COVID. So, and in fact, that would have uh, made us like one of the uh, only, in fact, the only airline connects Quebec the province of Quebec with, with the uh, Horn of Africa. So, but that's still in our radar. So, but uh, apart from that, uh, we do have five flights out of Toronto. We also aspire to uh, grow that to a daily flight. Then uh, additional flight, direct flight to Montreal. Uh, and um, on top of that, you know, we have all network uh, connection all across the country because we have... Uh, uh, an agreement with Air Canada and, you know, because they are part of Star Alliance team, because we are part of Star Alliance team. So uh, same applies here in the U.S. as well. Uh, we do cover a couple of uh, cities or airports out of the U.S., but we entire we entirely cover the entire USA. We cover the entire USA uh, with our uh, collaboration and business partnership with uh, United Air because they are also founding members of the Star Alliance team. And we are, we are part of Star that's the oldest and largest uh, airline alliance that that we have in this uh, planet. Okay. And, you know, I have to ask a follow-up question about that. And you mentioned earlier that this last two years, the deepest parts of the pandemic, you know, air cargo operations was one aspect that was able to keep Ethiopian Airlines profitable. I just have to ask a follow-up question about that. Is that the air cargo side of the business still an expanded business for Ethiopian, both to Canada and to the U.S. right now? Especially considering I just saw an announcement in March that Ethiopian Airlines was actually purchasing a few converted 777 freighters from Boeing for its air cargo operations. But I just want to know, you know, considering some of the biggest COVID-related travel restrictions are now dying down a bit, is that air cargo operation still a big, you know, driver of growth for you and still a, you know, large expanded business for Ethiopian right now? True. By the way, surprisingly, uh, 
cargo has been uh, the lifeline. So I mentioned, you know, at the start of our discussion that uh, Ethiopian Airlines never sought a bailout money, single bailout money, single cent, uh, fired a single employee, fired, furloughed, laid off, single employee. We never, we even, in fact, ironically, uh, increased salaries uh, for home-based employees uh, in Addis. Uh, and uh, we have made some uh, salary adjustments when we never laid single staff. We have close to 17, uh, 18,000 employees. So we kept them in our payroll. And so Cargo actually made us to do that. And we uh, continued our operation profitably because of Cargo. And we still believe that, you know, building a strong Cargo wing as part of our strategic business unit uh, is very critical for our existence. In fact, uh, that's why, because we, we have a very strong cargo wing that, that, that the airline could, uh, you know, uh, navigate this perfect storm in the history of uh, aviation industry. Uh, a complete shutdown has never been the case. Uh, we have seen, you know, some pandemic uh, before, but uh, we haven't seen like, like COVID. So we still believe that, you know, we have to uh, invest in cargo, continue uh, engaging in cargo and uh, continue grow the cargo wing as well. That's one of our strategic uh, objective to uh, to have a very strong cargo unit. And obviously, uh, like I said, it, it has been a lifeline uh, during COVID times. And it will continue to be uh, our integral uh, part of, you know, the uh, business strategy and objective that we have, we have uh, for the airline. And for U.S. and Canada as well, uh, it, 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 it contributes a significant uh, amount for our bottom line. So cargo will continue uh, to, to become, uh, you know, it will continue to exist one of the uh, strategic business units that we have. Uh, on top of that, you have mentioned, uh, you are right, you have mentioned that we are uh, getting uh, new planes, uh, more planes, more cargo planes from, from Boeing. That's also part of our uh, cargo expansion uh, objective or strategic plan. And that will, uh, in fact, increase our uh, current cargo capability by 40-50%. So. That will tell you, you know, I mean, purchasing those uh, expensive equipments that was over $200 million is not something that, that you, you do uh, overnight or that you, you just do just for a couple of years because we believe that you know, cargo will continue to be our, our strategic business unit. That's why we are investing and it's a huge commitment. So, yeah. It certainly is a huge commitment. And I have to ask just as a follow-up question to that, it is also interesting to kind of understand what type of actual cargo operations you are providing and the type of cargo you're actually moving. Because, you know, when you think of an airline like UPS or FedEx or Amazon, one of the things that they've talked about, especially in recent years, is just how e-commerce and customers buying products online is driving a lot of air cargo growth and shipments for them. Uh, but when it comes to Ethiopian Airlines, which obviously, you know, does have passenger operations, could you tell us more about what are the actual kind of cargo operations that Ethiopian is providing? And, you know, what are the kind of cargo shipments you're actually operating on? 
So basically, we have a dedicated cargo service uh, in Florida, by the way. We have flights, dedicated freighter flights, 777 freighters out of, out of Miami. But apart from that, uh, on, on all gateways that we do fly to the state, we have uh, cargo under the wing, cargo operation under the wing, passenger cargo, basically, with a passenger flight. Apart from you know the, the dedicated cargo freighters uh, that are uh, that, that 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 we are operating out of Miami, uh, so we have you know this having spoke operation you know that we take you know cargo to our hub and you know take it from from our hub to to its final destination. Apart from that, by the way, we are also uh, expanding our horizon to also incorporate e-commerce business in our cargo unit. So with all those uh, additional equipments and additional investment that we are currently making, uh, obviously e-commerce is you know the next big thing, right? So we, we do have some developments that that will come out you know in the recent uh, years. But from the US, as far as the US is concerned, we have a huge cargo shipment going from uh, JFK Airport, New Jersey, EWR. Uh, and Chicago in, in, in Illinois and out of Washington, Dallas as well. Uh, and we will be also adding, by the way, there is a new development. We will be adding three more flights out of Washington, Dallas uh, to, to Lome that extends to Addis Ababa, which means uh, we will be having 10 weekly flights out of Washington, Dallas, seven direct to Addis, our Eastern Hub, Eastern Africa, East Africa Hub, and three more flights to to West Africa Hub, where I mean, uh, where we have in in Lome, Togo. So that will, uh, in fact, give more space and additional capacity for cargo as well, because under under the wing, we do have uh, cargos. And you mentioned Washington Dulles there, and obviously you've taken over this new role that you are managing from the U.S. Uh, your office is right here in Washington, D.C., which is actually where our podcast is recorded as well. You know, can you tell us just, let's focus on that for a little bit. What type of opportunities are there as far as passenger operations or even cargo operations for growth opportunities for Ethiopian in the U.S. right now. Can you just tell us, you know, what, what are some of the growth opportunities related to either passenger or cargo operations that you're considering for Ethiopian right now? Okay. So, uh, well, you know, U.S. is one of our strategic North, North American markets. And we, we obviously, we aspire to excel in performance with a greater magnitude and achieve what we aspire uh, to achieve in this market. We have been serving the U.S. market for, for over 20 years, to be uh, exact, close to 25 years. It's obviously one of our strategic markets where we aspire to grow more. Uh, we have currently, we have five passenger routes uh, to North America, all operating uh, outbound via Dublin or Lome. And the, the Boeing 787 is the most uh, used aircraft, followed by uh, our 777-200LR and the 787-800 and 900. And obviously, triple seven three hundred ER, where we do uh, deploy uh, during summertime in Washington, Dallas. So, in a typical month, uh, currently we have twenty-one weekly bookable departures to Africa from the U.S. Without including those three more flights out of Dallas, that would make it close to twenty-four weekly bookable departures to Africa from the uh, from the entire U.S. cities that we do uh, fly out. 
So Ethiopia has more flights between North America and Africa than any other airline, by the way, trailed by uh, Delta and uh, Egypt and Royal Air Maroc and United Airlines. So uh, we were the third, actually. We were the third largest airline between uh, North America and Africa in 2019 with uh, close to 600,000 passengers behind Delta and Royal Air Maroc. So now in 2022, we have the highest capacity planned to date out of the U.S. to Africa. So uh, while aircraft varies, like I said, Washington is mainly by 777300 uh, ER and then 100 ER, owing to the large concentration of Ethiopian American uh, diaspora around the you know, DMV area. And of course, for Toronto, it is uh, between Airbus A350 and, and 787. Uh, meanwhile, Chicago, JFK, and Newark, uh, they, they, they primarily use 787s. So our, our outbound service uh, no need to stop in route to North America to refuel in, in Dublin. Uh, this is because of you know, Addis Ababa's high elevation. Uh, Addis Ababa Airport is one of the highest. The airport is at 7,657 feet uh, and a mile more high. So that, might, that will limit, limit you know, the takeoff weight. And our departures to Chicago, Toronto, and Dallas uh, via Dublin or leave at this late, late, late at night. Uh, so this is one of the, the reasons so that, you know, they, they are being fed by flights from all across Africa that provide, you know, essential uh, passenger volume for our transatlantic routes or transatlantic flights. And we are by far, actually, the, the, the largest African uh, airline to the, the, the number two is actually twice the size of uh, our, uh, I mean, we are twice the size of the number two. So uh, in terms of uh, additional uh, opportunities that, that, that you mentioned, uh, apart from adding three more flights out of Dallas, uh, we are uh, also you know, studying uh, the market to fly out of Houston, Texas, which we used to fly actually in, in which we, we started in 2019 and uh, suspended the, that operation uh, out of uh, Houston, Texas in 2019 May because of you know, pandemic. Before the, mar the market get, gets mature, uh, this COVID came and we, we had to suspend that flight. So uh, Ethiopian Airlines, by the way, has grown strongly uh, to North America over the years. We just had, you know, back in 2011, we just had only uh, one gateway, Dallas, with Toronto coming in 2012, and Los Angeles came in 2015. Uh, Next came Newark in 2016, Chicago in 2018, and both Houston and JFK in 2019. So uh, we aspire to grow more, open, open, open up uh, some additional routes as well, uh, apart from regularizing our operation to the uh, existing gateways that, that we do fly uh, to the. And can you give us some perspective on whether or not you feel like, especially right now at this point with summer travel coming up in the next couple of months, are you seeing a return in demand to pre-pandemic levels yet for passenger travel to the various destinations that you serve in Africa and beyond from the U.S.? Uh, you know, are you, are you seeing that kind of re re rebound to pre-pandemic levels? Sure. By the way, the uh, in fact, uh, when it comes to Ethiopian Airlines, 
we are uh, the business is actually uh, eventually rebounding at a greater pace and speed than that of the industry expected uh, rate so i mean our flights are departing even you know this is naturally for airline industry naturally it is a low season basically but uh, our flights uh, i mean the, when you see the load factor of our flights it's it's between you know 65 to 75 in that range which uh, for a typical low season months is is not bad at all uh, that will tell you that you know the business is is, is eventually rebounding and uh, at at, at greater pace for us and it is uh, we are so optimistic you know about about the uh, rebound of the passenger business because we are also augmenting and complementing it with with uh, undergoing cargo operation too uh, obviously the uh, cargo operation variable cost of cargo operation is uh, significantly low comparing that with the passenger side so we are complementing the cargo operation with this uh, gradually uh, rebounding passenger business and we uh, we do anticipate that uh, almost close to 90 percent of the business will will rebound by by uh, next year so we are very optimistic uh, that's actually that's one of our competitive uh, um, uh, i mean that's one of our advantage or that's one of our i would say core value uh, we do uh, have a very optimistic outlook uh, because we have been doing this business for the past 75 years. We know uh, the industry by heart. We have been doing it for so long. Uh, and, you know, we have perfectly, uh, we have, you know, uh, progressed and we have navigated such a strong and, you know, perfect storm in this aviation industry for, for the past 75 years. And, we uh, are so encouraged with the results that we achieved, especially during COVID, uh, surviving, you know, that uh, very challenging industry without without any support from from any party, uh, without failing on our on our performance, but continued and sustained our operation profitably. We are very optimistic uh, about that. And, you know, one of the main topics we like to focus on on the podcast, Samson, is the use of new technologies by airlines, especially to adapt to the way passengers and really customers in all industries are increasing their use of mobile and social applications, you know, mobile devices, etc. As an example, last year, Ethiopian introduced an upgraded chatbot that actually interacts with passengers for various phases of flight called Lucy. Can you give our audience some perspective on how in your new role, especially as the regional director for the U.S., you know, are there any new exciting digital technologies or innovation that you're looking at or monitoring or, or even researching that can help achieve some of your goals in overseeing the sales, marketing and services for Ethiopian Airlines here in the U.S.? Yes, uh, by the way, technology uh, has brought about different uh, capabilities uh, in our industry, which, uh, in fact, were not there initially. So communication is usually a key aspect when uh, it comes to air travel, and technology is serving to enhance uh, that communication between passengers and companies. And as as you mentioned, online booking, this is actually one of the... uh, quality technological advancement 
I mean, you know, queuing for an hour in person or uh, in, on the phone to book, a fl- to book a flight is not, you know, is not logical at all. So all you need to book um, currently is uh, for a flight online on our, I mean, on, on your uh, mobile app or on your mobile phone without the need to call anyone. So we have uh, developed a fantastic mobile application, uh, as I said, which we have developed in-house fully by our, by our developers and, uh, you know, our website as well. So the internet helped uh, a great deal to ensure customers can, you know, simply organize for organizing book their flights from wherever they are. And obviously it also saves money and time and relatively online is cheaper. So. And passengers, I mean, you mentioned passengers uh, can also, you know, check in online, you know, through the help of, you know, their mobile. Uh, and, uh, you know, beyond the uh, previous, the previous features were, you know, limited. So this chatbot is an added advantage to our clients. You know, customers want uh, transparent service. So this means, you know, customers must be, uh, must have, you know, a comprehensive or must have a, a comprehensive, you know, system or service to ensure, you know, they get all the, the information they need. And technology has helped a great deal since passengers can use the internet to simply, you know, book, pay, check in, check their flight status, get information on free and excess uh, baggage, a live chat through the chatbot uh, that you mentioned, Lucy. You know, Lucy, we named it after... Lucy, the uh, oldest, you know, fossil found on on the planet Earth, uh, and that's why you know we say that you know uh, home home for human origin, right? Ethiopia is the home for human origin. We 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 have this uh, uh, commercial tagline uh, by our Ministry of Tourism, land of origins. So through that chatbot, you know, both for obviously domestic and international travelers. So technology literally starts before passengers reach reach at the airport. It starts when they think to to travel. So it has a load for boarding without, even at the airport, you know, it has a load passengers to board without cumbersome paperwork. It allows for remote and also, you know, express bag drop, self bag packing, among other things. And we obviously, for sales and marketing as well, uh, Here we are. Uh, uh, we will continue to advance on uh, technological uh, advancements. We will continue to uh, use uh, more uh, technologically, you know, or advanced technologies to enhance our service offerings and to enhance our customer uh, ser- customer service or our services that we are providing for our passengers and to better uh, serve them. And uh, in doing so, I mean, we will obviously reduce our uh, operational costs and enhance our efficiency. So, uh, yes, as, as, as the new regional director in the U.S., I will continue to, I mean, employ and uh, get uh, more technological advancements and enhancements to improve our service offerings, to improve the passenger experience, interacting with our mobile application, uh, which by now actually is uh, one of the best direct channel sales tool or direct channel 
tool that that we want our passengers. And Samson, you also mentioned earlier that your aircraft are equipped with Wi-Fi when you were talking about the flights between Toronto and Ethiopia. Can I ask you a little bit more about that? Do you feel like having Wi-Fi on the flight helps to sort of differentiate the passenger experience that Ethiopian can provide? And also, are there maybe, you know, some more innovative applications or functionality that you'd like to see Ethiopian take on with that Wi-Fi and connectivity that you already have on the aircraft? Absolutely. I mean, uh, I mean, imagine, uh, I mean, uh, in this era of technology where, you know, uh, people, you know, check their mobiles now and then or often or, you know, business people uh, who, who do their things uh, from their laptop, from their lab, I mean, from their basement, from, I mean, anywhere they are, uh, connecting them while they were flying to to uh, Africa, relatively you know, uh, long distance, right? Like in uh, eleven hours, is definitely uh, would put us in a very uh, good spot, uh, you know, as far as you know, competitive advantage is concerned. And we do believe that you know, we 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 have to work more on enhancing you know the speed of the Wi-Fi, the um, availability. And you know the the conveniency, so uh, it's definitely one of our uh, competitive advantage. Apart from all those other uh, enhancements or ancillary services that we are working on uh, to, uh, I mean, enhance our service offerings during during flight uh, times to our passengers. So before I do let you go, Samson, I just want to say thanks for coming on the podcast today. I think our audience definitely learned a lot from the conversation, and hopefully we get to talk to you again in the near future. Thank you so much. I really appreciate uh, Woodrow. I appreciate for the invitation, and it was nice talking to you. That brings us to the end of another episode of the Connected Aviation Intelligence Podcast. You can subscribe to our podcast on the Apple iOS podcast app or any smartphone or tablet podcasting application. Feel free to rank and comment on our podcast as well to let us know how we can improve. It also helps others find the podcast. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Connected Aviation Intelligence Podcast. <laughs>